As leaders, it's so easy for us to get caught up in tasks, strategies, and our to-dos. But all of those things have no value if we don't know how to take care of the people we oversee. If strategies and tasks cause us to neglect our people, then no matter the results we're getting, they're worthless. So how do we lead at a high level, get incredible results, while still taking care of our people? Well, welcome to the Good Leader Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen, from wherever you are listening to the Good Leader Podcast. We're so thankful that you are joining us. It's the countdown to Thanksgiving. It's on. It's all about gratitude. It's all about thankfulness this month at the Good Leader Podcast. And that's where we're starting today. Last time we spoke, we talked to Matt Ham about the gratitude cycle. I'm still processing it. I'm still loving it. I'm trying to work it into my life more often. I was blown away by the gratitude cycle of humility, gratitude, generosity. And then each one of those with the antithesis of pride, fear, and entitlement. Such good stuff, right, Anj? That's really good stuff. Yeah. Pick up his book. Pick up the book. Exactly. Pick up the book. You can find Matt, the rich principles live rich uh, r-i-c-h which is a nice acronym we talked a lot about generosity at the end of our stuff we also you know one more nod you'll hear the commercial a little bit later but fearlesstradingcompany.com get you some coffee get you some content all those really good things you know what let's just start with something we're thankful for i am thankful for matt and his friendship he's an incredible leader entrepreneur over the last several years uh, i've gotten to meet people that are really outside of my sphere of influence, um, either through coincidence or happenstance or kismet. Matt's one of those, and we've really hit it off. So I'm thankful for him, and I'm thankful for the people that I've met. I'm thankful for some people that I met at a retreat a few weeks ago, but that'll come out later. Anj, tell me something you're thankful for this very moment, this very second. What are you grateful for? This very second, I am so grateful to be here recording with you. Oh, you know that's, what? How that's about that? The, that's the way to your heart, huh? Hey, I'm beating out a newborn, so that's pretty impressive. I don't want to brag, but you know what? Hey, sorry. Sorry, Enzo. Take a back seat, bud. All right? Honestly, my first thought was coffee, but then, you know, I couldn't not say recording with you because well, words of affirmation. That's, you, that's Jared's love language. You are sucking you up. You hype him up? Yeah, I it's very true. You are sucking up, and I appreciate that, but, you know, as I a mother- I am thankful for both. Mother I, of a newborn. Newborn, coffee, and- you and work are all just very separate entities hey. and grateful equally for all of them. You don't have to justify yourself because every mama out there who has been at home with a newborn is going coffee and a break. <laughs> that woman obviously needs a break. And at this point, she's so desperate for a break that podcasting with Jared is considered a break and she's thankful for it. Wow. Lord love her. She needs a break. That's momming right there. It yeah. really is momming. Hey, Thanksgiving's <laughs> coming up. Are you hosting Thanksgiving, Anj? Are you going somewhere? Are you going home? What are you doing for no. Thanksgiving? No, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in like 10 years. So we do Christmas up there. Okay, so we don't, all right. Yeah, we don't go for Thanksgiving. But John and I are both from the Northeast. We obviously live in Tulsa, Oklahoma now. So we kind of live in this world where our friends have become our family for instances such as these. And so maybe the last like five or six years, we do a little like Friendsgiving, I guess you call it, tra- nice. tradition where they just come over and we cook and just have a merry old time. John's family did move here in the last year. So we're going to have, it is our first year of combining Oh, <laughs> the friends oh. and the family. And I'm pretty sure it will be at our house because we have the newborn. So if they don't want us to leave at 2 p.m., 
then they're all going to have to come here. So that's well, the way that, it's going to go. That's going to be a lot of fun, Ange. It that's is. going to be a yeah. lot of fun. I'm excited for you. Yes. And it's going to be really you good. You guys are, you hosters? We we have the last several years. We're not hosting this year. Uh, we'll okay. we'll have a couple of family events to go to, but we're not hosting this year. We're kind of on a rotation. Nice uh, with different so so yeah we'll hit we'll hit a couple of homes uh, on Thanksgiving Day traditionally the holidays I live where I was raised and most of my family is around here so traditionally holidays are really busy it's like okay we've got to go here here and here on this day and we're gonna go yeah. over here so it's yep. slowing down a little bit I don't really know Anj if I'm being honest this is an area that we're trying to traverse like okay do we we have to go to all of these. <laughs> Can we can we say no to some? Can we yeah. gently, you know, be like, hey, we'd love to visit, but we can't on this day. So we're trying to figure that out. But, you yeah. know, it's a tough one. You know, besides family, friends, and all those things, Yeah, I guess it's the triple F. The triple F. Maybe quadruple <laughs> F. Thanksgiving is about friends, family, football, and food. You know, it's just... That's good. It's just all a quadruple F. I got, I've got a quiz for you, Ange. You know, I love this. I have looked up. I got the top 12, according to insider.com, the top 12 Thanksgiving dishes that are not turkey. And I'm curious of how many you can get and how many you are cooking up. Like how many of these are on your table? Because I'm very curious. This is an interesting list. I think it's a guessable list, but we're just going to take about 30 seconds here. And we're going to see how many you can guess. If you're playing along at home, keep score. See how many you get. Total number is 12. That you can okay. get. All right, go for it. Not turkey. Turkey's not on the list. They're saying we know turkey. We know that. But it's other okay. things. Okay, I'm just going to spew them off. Uh, mashed potatoes. Number one. Number one. Ding, ding, ding. Mashed potatoes, number one. Green bean casserole, number six. I was going to say casserole. Okay, so green bean casserole, probably separate. Sweet potato or no, sweet potato No, green beans casserole. not separate. I'll give you a hint. Just, just green bean casserole. And yes, sweet potato casserole, number seven. Okay. You are on fire. Okay. Rolls. Like, Rolls coming in at number four. Okay, you, you are killing it. Is gravy separate? A separate jo- hold thing? on, this this demand. Josh, play the play that game show music. Josh, here we go. You are on fire. We are not doing this justice. All right, there we go. Now we've got some music. Go ahead, on. You've gotten mashed potatoes, rolls, sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole. What else? Okay, the live studio gra- audience is going crazy. They're going bananas. <laughs> it's like the price is, is right in here. Is gravy a separate entity for mashed potatoes? I would say yes, but it did not make the list. So, okay. I, I, but I'm going to give so, you a pass on that one. Let's say yes. it went mad. Yeah, I would have said so, gravy. I I don't understand this one, but like cranberry, people always have that cranberry side. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry, <laughs> cranberry sauce. sauce. Thank you. <laughs> what else is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it a dessert? Not, is, it a, no. is it a casserole it thing? No. It, it, do you butter it with something? I don't understand that one. Butter it? What? Aunt, <laughs> like, what in the you world? Know, you put it on something? What kind of Thanksgiving do you guys have in Upper it New York? It doesn't look like sauce. It looks like it's, jello. It it looks like a can. That's the appropriate yeah, way. It looks you know, like a can it, jello. You, you slip it right out of the can. Oh, it's nasty. It oh, pops nasty. out. It's a condiment. You put it on other things. You put that on other things. Right. It's a you condiment. Butter it. Butter. Sp- spread is a better word. Spread it. <laughs> spread it. Correct. Butter. <laughs> okay. Are desserts on this list? No. Pumpkin no desserts. Pie. No desserts. Oh, okay, no desserts. Okay. No desserts. I, okay. But I'll give you a pass. I'll give you a pass. Are, is the, ham one? Because sometimes people prefer ham over Sometimes turkey. go with ham, but no. Turkey's the okay. thing. Thanksgiving it has turkey as its star. No, uh, macaroni and cheese. Ding, ding, ding. Number three. Okay. Girl, you're good at this list. I'm very impressed. I don't think <laughs> I would have done this well. 
You are missing a gigantic it, one. I know. I'm sure I am. You really I'm really are. trying to think. I'm really trying to think. Well, I'm trying not to think about turkey. Is all I'm trying to Well, think. you should think of turkey because um, this one goes with it. Turkey and... Stuffing. Stuffing! Number yes. two. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, stuffing. That's where the cranberry sauce stuffing. comes in. What? Orange? Oh, yeah, no. I know. Orange. That's probably why I don't like the cranberry sauce. See, it all kind of goes together. Orange. This makes sense for me. How do you not like stuffing? It's delicious. You got to try my stuffing. I make a stuffing that is out of this world. I'll Will try it. Will try you try anything. it? Okay. Yeah, right. I'll try I'll bring it. I'll bring, I'll bring stuffing to Shift's Giving, and you're going to love it. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. All right, you got about right. four more. We're running out of time. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, You're missing five. I'm... You've gotten the top seven. Okay, this is now. Now we're on the third tier. Okay, turkey right. and dressing. Turkey and dressing are the stars. Your mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, and rolls. They're they're your starting lineup. They but are. now you're to the bench players. Okay, I so know. what's what's sitting on the bench? You can get some of these. Gosh. Let's go see what you can get. I mean, I'm thinking hard. Is this salad? No, Do no. Get out of people get don't need salad. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to give corn. you corn number 12. Well done. Oh, wow. Corn <laughs> number 12. You nailed it. It's corn coming in at number Squash. 12. <laughs> no, <laughs> just going to Thanksgiving vegetables. All right. It is carrots. Number 11. Carrots. Oh, see, I would have gotten to the carrots if I could. Glazed carrots. Vegetables. Number 10. You should have gotten. You did not get candied yams. Candied yams. Oh, I would said, have not thought about that. Well, you did say sweet potato casserole. Um, you and know, which, I still, to this day, don't know what a yam is versus a sweet potato. On our next agricultural edition of the Good Leader <laughs> Podcast, we'll talk about it, but not today. Uh, number nine, creamed spinach. No, thank you. Get that out of here. Ooh, That's not on yeah. my table. That's Is that on your table? Did, creamed spinach? No, it doesn't even need to be on the list, I don't think. No. And number eight, Brussels sprouts. Also not on the oh, table. Oh, okay. No, but we do actually, we've made those for Thanksgiving before. So Okay, I do like it. Brussels sprouts. I think they're highly underrated but, uh, glazed. but that's some it. glazed brussels sprouts those Ooh. are tasty maybe a little balsamic reduction on yes. it you know if you're getting yeah. fancy being really pretentious yeah. at we've wrapped them in bacon before bacon balsamic it's good wow that's all out yeah, hey you want to you want to really eat your vegetables put bacon on them i like right. that <laughs> that <laughs> that's the way to do it that's how you do it mom don't bring a salad over here <laughs> Okay, Thanksgiving's coming up. We're all about gratitude here. I got to go on a retreat a few weeks ago, and I'm incredibly grateful for the retreat. It was the, if you are a loyal listener, you know about six, seven, maybe even eight weeks ago now, we talked about investing in yourself, and this is the retreat that cost us a lot of money. I've been wanting to do it for about 10 years, finally decided, and now Anj is going to interview me when we get back from the break, and I'm going to give you the full report. Coming up next. Welcome back, folks. I've got the mic this time around. I'm surprised Jared's trusting me with it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go the direction I promised him I would. Just trying to be instead, more generous instead of troll him. In general, just trying to be more generous. Okay, so we want to interview Jared today on a little bit. We want some thoughts, some takeaways, some perspective that you got from this retreat you were on. Uh, but some of us, it might be our first time hearing about this retreat. So, Jared, tell us where was it? Who were you with? What inspired you to go? Give us the whole recap demographically. I was in beautiful Santa Barbara, California at the Miramar Resort. Ooh. Actually, it was very bougie. Uh, yeah. The day I arrived, Kourtney Kardashian got engaged 
at no the hotel. Way. Yeah, true story. That's where you were? Yeah. So if you've seen the pictures, wow. like she was on the yeah. beach. They had like a bunch of flowers, at, uh, like hearts. Yeah, I was there. I've stood on that beach in the last month of my life right there. Yeah. Did you stand on the beach with the flowers? Uh, I was I was hyping up the guy from Blink-182. I was giving him a little encouragement. I was like, hey, bud. It's time to step up as a man. You want to be a good husband, a good leader. Here, check out the Good Leader Podcast. Wow. So, you know, he's probably Fun listening. Facts. I only know him as Mr. Drummer. So, uh, so Mr. Travis. Drummer, Mr. Travis, that's his name. Wow, you, I knew you'd know. Way to go on. You never disappoint. Yes, it's Travis. Like 182, man. That's his name. Anyway, yeah, true story. They were right there. I was not a part of it at all, uh, and I didn't see it go down. <laughs> Uh, but the next so day, you were there. I was there. And the next day, everybody's like, wow, yesterday, did you see what happened? And I was like, no. And it's like, so it was like, wow. So as I was in my room or in the hotel lobby right over there, this was happening. So it was very fancy, very swanky. We got a super, super good deal. Uh, or else I would never be able to afford to stay there. It's like a $5,000 a night place. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure. I it's mean, insane. I didn't pay anywhere near got that. engaged there. Yeah. I didn't pay anywhere near that. It is crazy outrageous. Anyway, that was where. So it was a beautiful location. This was put beautiful. on by the Jack Canfield Institute. Jack Canfield is an author, a speaker. He made his fame in the early 90s uh, by writing Chicken Soup for the Soul, um, co-producing mm. that. I don't want to say write it because it's a collection of stories, but he co-produced it and that entire library. So all the Chicken Soup for Leaders, Chicken Soup for Teachers, Chicken Soup for the Golfers, all of those he owned. And, wow. uh, wow. Yeah. Wow is right. So he owned all those. And then he wrote a book, uh, in the mid two thousands called the success principles. Hmm. That's where I was introduced to him. So I read the success principles about 10 years ago at a really crucial point in my life. And a lot of what I'm doing now, uh, is based in that. I mean, hmm. the, the practices that I adopted through the book, the success principles. And you know how on sometimes a book just hits you exactly when you need it. Like, wow, this is exactly yep. the right time for me for this material. That's how this yep. book was. So I've probably oversold and overhyped the book to people because mm -hmm. it was such a profound moment for me. It is a very solid book. It's actually my number one recommendation for young people because it's super practical. It's principles. It's things like positive affirmations and goal setting and how to manage your time and all these things that I kind of knew and, and believed in, but hadn't really adopted. So I did those success principles specifically, and I, I've even shared on the podcast before my story about positive affirmations. Well, that's mm -hmm. this guy. After I started doing that, I follow him a little bit. Um, this was, you know, we had Facebook and Twitter, but we're not fully engrossed in social media, but enough to where I can pay attention to him and see who he is. And i get his newsletters, that sort of thing. And I saw that he mm. did these retreats and this executive retreat is $15,000 per person. And you go and spend five days with Jack himself and, his, and the team. And when I first learned about this in about 2012, 13, I thought that would be absolutely phenomenal. I really want to go. That's like bucket list item. One of these days, it'd be amazing if, and I went. This was the year that I said, wow. I, can, I can afford it. It's still a ton of money. And that's what on the podcast I shared. This yeah. is a huge investment. And I use that word investment that I believe this is going to pay off dividends in the long run for me. So yes, it's a lot of money, but it's not just an expense. I'm investing in myself, my brain, my spirit, my time, my thoughts, my network, and I'm going. And I went and it was, it was absolutely phenomenal. It was so, so, so good. So that's, that's it. Awesome. That's the that's the baseline. Yeah. Jack Canfield, the biggest retreat he does. I finally got to go. 
Hey, that's we love bucket lists around here, around uh, around yes. Jared Murr, around Paradigm Shift. We love our bucket list. So that's a big one you got to cross off. That's pretty huge. It was not even not phenomenal. even ten years later. That's incredible. Okay, so uh, I know you did a lot of networking. You learned learned some things, talked to some people. Out of any scope of that, what surprised you the most? What were you the most surprised by going in and through that retreat? Okay. My gut honest answer, I was surprised by several things. Can I give you more than one? Most surprising? Sure. Most surprising was the amount of meditation we did. Mm. I I was not expecting that. to a good leader. It really was. I mean, it was like, okay, we're actually, now I'm, anybody who's listened to this knows I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm fairly spiritual. I mean, I, I pray and I, I believe God speaks to me and I, I, I believe those things, but this was like, guided meditations, which I've never done. Like mindfulness. Like mindfulness. Yes. And, um, yeah. And so I don't know how anybody identified. It wasn't that kind of retreat and we didn't go around talking about our religions. Uh, You're just kind of (laughs) in your own little world, but we're going through these like guided meditations. And I don't know if you, have you ever done anything like that where it's like, I have not. So it was like, (laughs) it's like, okay. So on day one, they're like, we're going to go. I know way more about the chakras than I ever thought I needed to know. But I'm going through and I'm like, okay, and I have a pretty open mind. I'm like, okay, I'm not against this. And for me, and I think everyone should do this, I internalized it. And I was like, okay, I I believe in be still and know that I am God. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be still and I'm going to focus. I'm going to pray to myself and just just think and just be. So I did it. But it's like Jack would guide us through the meditation. And it was like, all right, imagine you're in a field and, (laughs) you know, you see the beautiful green grass and the the gentle breeze is yeah and i'm like okay okay now we're approaching a mountain okay we're approaching the mountain as you walk up the mountain we now see this large temple i was like wow okay we're really up and i did it i did the whole thing okay so that's my number one surprise much more meditation than i anticipated but i will say it was good i enjoyed it uh i got something out of it um i it really is i think it's actually a really big key to leadership the or just mindfulness in general it doesn't have to whatever you think of meditation but the idea that idea that's huge it is and and you know i've always been a fan of the quote if you don't have an hour to meditate meditate for two hours Hmm. i've always liked that and responded i thought that's really insightful yeah so it was good the second surprise was the lack of content (laughs) <laughs> the <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, we're not really going through a lot of stuff here, you know, as someone who is in the leadership realm and yep. a writer and speaker, I was like, I'm really going to get a lot of stuff. And I was like, okay, there's not a ton of content where when you boil it down, it was a really good retreat. Let me preface all this by saying, this is not a gripe. This is a surprise. There was not a lot of like, wow, I learned this idea, this trait. We did this activity. We did this exercise. I went through this worksheet. I was very surprised by the lack of content. Mm. (laughs) Those are my two biggest surprises. The setup, actually, we spent half the day. There were like three leaders. It was Jack Canfield, the president of his organization, um, a lady named Patty, and another gentleman named Dr. Ivan, who founded the Business Networking International and uh, mm-hmm. as kind of a networking expert, those three were at the front of the room. There were 24 participants uh, at tables in like a hotel lounge room setting. And uh, so the first half of the day, 
they would lead meditations and they would teach, go through some content, teach some things, uh, let us go through some activities and process things. And then the second half of the day, we were with a mastermind group. So we were mm-hmm. with five other participants. So we're in a group of six and we would go with this individual. So like one day I was with Jack, the next day I was with Ivan and the next day I was with Patty. And you were, you get 20 minutes on the hot seat where you could talk about anything you wanted to talk about. Uh, and they said, you can ask us for referrals. You can ask us for advice. You can just talk. You can talk to us about your life, about your marriage, about your business, about your dreams. You, it is your 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can do anything you want and seek counsel from the experts and also from your peers. And so that was it. That was the setup. So half hmm. the day with kind of a one large group and the other half the day in a mastermind. So it was surprising. That structure was surprising, but ultimately it was really good. Yeah. So we're already going this route. We're going to get to the meat of this stuff here in a second, but uh, we do, I mean, we have leadership company, leadership development, and that's a pretty big retreat to get to go to. What is one thing you would have done differently? You know, it's a great question. And Patty asked me that same thing. I connected really quite a bit with everyone involved. Um, It was that kind of setting. I mean, I spent five days with these people. So I got to know them pretty well. And as we were talking at toward the end of the retreat, Patty asked me, Hey, would you like, what would we, what should we change? And I would give more time for actual processing that while we talked like we did mindfulness activities or meditation, great. Then we would, you know, maybe speak with a mastermind, but then it was like, okay, great day time for dinner. And I was like, I want to just sit and write, like, give me time to Mm. process the ideas that I've had, the thoughts that I've had and think about how I'm going to implement those. Not just, wow, that was a really good day. I've written down a lot of thoughts either through the mastermind or through the actual presentations. I would have added more time to debrief and process Mm. it and apply it. It's good. Yeah, it was good. And it it was, it was good. It was a healthy way to look at events um, Mm. through the eyes of a participant. That's good. I I heard a leadership quote recently. that says something like that. Like, if you want to know, if you want to know how well your company is doing, become a participant. Which yeah, is that's good. good. That's really yeah. good. And that's one reason I wanted to go. Um, yeah. That that on my bucket list, on the big dreams that I have, I want to host an event that people attend in this capacity. I I'm not really looking at the dollar amount. Um, I don't really care about that. But I do care about the value. I care mm-hmm. about the level of prestige and um, the value that people perceive from it. And so that's what I said. Okay, well, if I'm willing to pay fifteen thousand dollars for this retreat, what does a fifteen thousand dollar retreat look like? Mm-hmm. So that was really really yeah. cool to see. That's good. Okay, so got a couple other things we're going to land on, but this is the big question I think people are wondering. Okay, let's you do it. You are Jared Murr, entrepreneur, CEO, facilitator father, husband, so many things in any area of your life. So this can be not even just to your business, but literally to anything and any title that you hold. What are three of the biggest takeaways that you either learned that someone told you that you processed through, but three of the biggest takeaways you left thinking about after that retreat? Okay, I've got them. And I've got them quickly. Now, obviously I went to retreat, so this was not scripted, but it's going to sound scripted. Number one, I am able to articulate clearly and extensively my business goals and my financial goals. Hmm. I am much less clear on my family and my personal life. And Hmm. I think think most people would be. Hmm. So my takeaway was, why do I spend so much time, energy, and effort thinking about paradigm shift and all the goals and all their areas and growth and what I want to accomplish and what we want to do? When I would tell you that my family is more important and I try to live that out, 
but then when you say, well, what, what are your goals? Like if you just sit and say, well, what do you want to accomplish there? What are your values? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? What are you working on? How do you need to improve? I have to think about it. I go, well, um, mm. okay. Oh, that's so, challenging. So that's challenging, right? And I think most yeah. of us would say that like, wow, okay. Yeah. I, I can be much more clear financially, even if you just say financially, just like, yeah, I want to get out of debt. I want to have a million dollars. I want to get a nice car. What I want to save for my kids' college. That's like, okay, what three words do you want your children to describe you as when they mm-hmm. leave home? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd have to think about it. I don't yeah. have that written down somewhere. I, don't, I haven't yeah. articulated that goal. What's the mission statement of your family? I don't have that anywhere. Okay, yeah. so that was interesting. That's my number one takeaway. That is good. I need to spend more time on that. Mm. Number two, people want and need people. Mm. the thing that I got out of the retreat and the thing everybody got out of the retreat was time with each other. It wasn't what Jack yeah. said. It wasn't the experts. Like I said, the content was surprisingly slim. It was good, but it was not overwhelming. Yep. The content, the wealth, the value came out of people and right. connecting with people and being in the room with people. So that's number two. Yep. And then number three, for me, it was incredibly affirming. This retreat for me on a business level, it was affirming to say, I love doing this, that I felt I felt in my element. I love connecting with people like that. You know, I went to the retreat with one eye thinking, do I want to do this? Like, like you said, be a participant. And as a participant, is this something I say I really want to do? I think it is. Do I want to write books? Do I want to continue to be a speaker? Do I want to try to develop that more? Do I want to host a retreat like this? So for me, it was incredibly uh, affirming that Mm. I loved all of it and I felt strong in it. It made me feel strong about who we are as Paradigm Shift and our facilitation and what we offer people. So that was great. Not to brag, but I felt like, well, we're not too far off that we would create an event very similar to this. Probably not Mm -hmm. as much meditation, but it in many respects, I was like, yeah, this is, we're on the right path. And that was incredibly rewarding for me. So those are my top three. Those are good. I love yeah, it. That was and, it. On, and even on the content side, I mean, not, there's content all over the world. You yeah. don't need to pay $15,000 for yeah. more content. And so I, I actually kind of love that they didn't just basically throw eight podcasts in your ear in a day that you could really probably get you know, mo- most other places, but their relational element seems like it was one of the, the strongest pieces to that. So that's awesome. All right. We're going to end on, on one final question in this segment, and then we're going to go to our good now what, and I have a, a, just two other sections of questions for you there. So okay. that'll be our good, not what on this, this portion of the interview, tell us it was a lot of money. It was time away from your family. Uh, it was good. Sounds like yeah. it was good, yep. but man, why in a nutshell, why was it worth it? If you pay for it, you value it more. So more than anything, I just needed time. Mm. So I paid myself to give myself time. Seriously, like you're talking about meditation, mindfulness. And so if you're out there as a leader, a CEO, just a mom, a dad, anyone, a leader, this is the Good Leader Podcast. If you're a leader, you are probably too busy to take time to do all the things that you know you should be doing, like thinking through these things, processing it, meditating, being mindful, planning your year, planning your month. Are you... And you probably won't find that time. You probably won't make that time. So you have to pay for that time. And that was the value. Like, that's what I learned. I was like, you know what? This was worth it. Because because I went away. And it was a decision that Jen, my wife, and I made together. It was a decision that I told everybody at Paradigm Shift about. I told mm-hmm. everybody, I'm spending a lot of money on this. I know it's a lot of money. It's a big deal. And every, not everyone, but different people different times told me, 
hey, I didn't text you this. Let me know when you get back. <laughs> like as soon as I was back, it was like, hey, I left you alone last week. I really need to talk to you. <laughs> but because I had said, I painted this picture of I'm investing next week in me, in my future, in our thoughts. And so pe- it, it created boundaries. The money yep. created boundaries. And that's the biggest thing for me. And that's why it was worth it. So yep. it was really that's profound. Good. That's good stuff. I love it. Welcome back to our Good Now What. Uh, We're swapping roles here, Jared and I, and he's going through our little interview on his retreat. Some debrief questions off of that. And we just want to wrap it up here. Jared, tell the listeners, tell our audience on our famous Good Now What section, what is Good Now What for you? So you went on this retreat. Yep. You gave us takeaways, strong, yep. strong takeaways. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Strong. Yeah, absolutely. Strong surprises. <laughs> kind of funny surprises. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but why are you different today? So what as a leader, as a husband, father, whatever role it is that you think of, what are you doing different today as a result of taking the time, spending the money and going on this retreat before? Yeah. You know, it's a great question because I, like many people, probably everyone who take the time to go to a conference or retreat, we always want to walk away with actionable items. We always want to walk away with some tangible, how does this make me different? How do I improve my life? How do I improve my situation? And this, maybe more than any other conference, that's largely up to you. <laughs> In mm-hmm. any conference that you go to, the, the, you, you know, I, I love Yoga Whippy. Um, shout out to the Yoga Whippy guy uh, from my 1998 FFA camp. You only get out what you put in, Yoga Whippy. <laughs> you know, so people, when they, when they come back and they're griping about that they didn't get something out of a conference, I'm to the point now where I'm like, well, what did you put into that conference? Right. Because I'm sure that there was quality material. There's something there. So the biggest thing for me is actually processing this and taking time to really think about now what. And as I've done that, I do have some takeaways. You know, the first one is take time for retreat. The time away, the time to dedicate to process that, especially the larger your life gets, which presumably the older you get, I think life is like a bell curve. You know, there's going to be a point where you start to, as we get older, I can see it in my parents' lives. I can see it, you know, as like my dad retires and those things. But up until the point that he retired, it's like his job grew, his responsibility grew, his area of influence grew. Well, it makes sense. Then the larger your area of influence gets, the more time it's going to take to plan and reflect. So if you're not adding time, every year into your planning, your retreat, your processing, if you're not adding time, that's probably getting out of balance. And that's what I found for me, you know, like five years ago is like, you know what, at the end of the year, uh, when we talked to Matt Ham, he was talking about November. And I think that was really Mm -hmm. a light bulb moment for you. You were like, wow, maybe I should take some time in November instead of December. Yeah. And I even said, you know, it used to be the last week of December. I would take time. Well, now if, if it used to take two days to plan my year, my year's bigger. My responsibilities are larger, but I'm still giving the same time. You know, like, well, I take one day every year. I take two days every year. I know that we don't have all the time in the world. I get that. I don't have all the time in the world. But if we are on the Good Leader podcast and we're thinking about all these, like, the seven habits of highly effective people, you know, sharpen the saw, Um, the Abraham Lincoln quote, if I have eight hours to chop down a tree, seven of them are going to be sharpening my axe. Those Mm -hmm. sorts of ideas, if we ascribe to any of that, then it makes sense. The more you grow, the more you have to give time for growth. And that's where I am. I found that, man, I am out of balance then. 
because we have a larger team than we ever have. We handle more revenue than we ever have. I handle more decisions than I ever have. I delegate more than I ever have. And I've never given more time to plan or process that. So that's my number one takeaway. The retreat was good because it was a retreat. And I need to figure out how to do that, not necessarily more often, but especially more strategically. Um, Number two, I think in connection with that, that's why my family goals are so limited. Because it's like, okay, yeah, everything's growing and the most pressing needs in front of you are bigger than ever. So once again, five years ago, 10 years ago, if I gave time, if I gave a day to really think and process, then I had time to think about my family goals and my marriage goals and my business goals. And my, but now that same amount of time only gets through my career. It only gets mm-hmm. through paradigm shift. It only gets through this. And so what gets the back burner? Raise your hand if you're guilty of this, our families, almost every time. Almost every time. It's like, who's going to take the back burner? Those closest to us. So totally, I want to give myself more time and then put my family first in those goals and and really think about what are the goals. And there's a really cool, um, there are a couple of books I'm thinking of. Uh, You might help me on the titles. I think one's 20,000 Days and Counting or something. Uh, I remember reading that book several years ago. uh, Do you know that title? I'm close. Something like that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, I think you're Googling it up for us. Okay, the research yep. team's going to Google that up. There's a really cool book with that um, that just talks about the the brevity of life and managing your time. Uh, I had a friend um, who's up in Michigan. His name's Rick Tooley. And I remember when his son like turned 18, became a senior, he said, I've got 52 Saturdays left. And that really stuck with me, is just thinking of like your kids' lives in terms of Saturdays. He's like, I've got 52 Saturdays left with my son. And just thinking in those, so okay, so if you had 52 Saturdays left, what would you want those to be? And making maybe then those are the goals, you know, like right now, if I've got 52 Saturdays with my nine-year-old, which is what, exactly what I have, if I have 52 Saturdays, you know, you got 52, well, at this point, you've probably got what, you've got 46, week, 44 weeks left with Enzo in his first year yeah. of life, 40, yeah. something like that. I mean, something you know, like he's, that, yeah. he's eight, nine weeks old. So if you think of it in Saturdays, you go, oh, wow, well, what do I want to do with these 40 Saturdays? Because that's it. That's all you get. Right. It's too much to think of what do I want to do with my kids as kids. That's too much. That's too long because they're different ages. But if I go, wow, this year, I want to take my 11-year-old. Like, like for me, it's like I really want to take my 11-year-old to the Nutcracker right now. Mm. This is the age for this. When they're a little bit older, I think it's, you know, this is the age that I really, with one of these Saturdays, I want to take a spur-of-the-moment trip. We wake up on a Saturday, I say, hey, pack a bag. We're going somewhere. Wait, where are we going? It's a surprise. Jump in the car. Things like that. Like those are the kind of goals that I'm going to set, but do yeah. it annually. Like I'm going to change my framing. Instead of just making these broad goals of be more attentive as a father, really think through this year, you got 52 Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, that's just a new framing for me, but that's it. And then finally, I really think that family thing's there. Maybe we should do a whole episode on the 52 Saturdays. And because that's, yes. I, I think, a really cool thing. And that's just kind of, that's just hit me. I mean, Rick told me that like six years ago. And I just remember thinking, well, that's an interesting way to think about it. But I've never done anything with it until now. Until I'm like, wow, okay, what do yeah. I do with that? But I think you could do that every age. You know, what do you want to do with your baby? What do you want to do with your right. five year old when they're only this? Okay. It's good. Thank you. Last thing take more risks. That's where I take, I'm going to take bigger risks and not just more risks. I should say bigger risks. Think bigger. And, and a part of that, uh, once again, we talked with Matt about the generosity thing, which I think there's really something to that. So being generous in authority, being generous in responsibility and giving that. 
Jack at the retreat, Jack Canfield, uh, you know, just call him Jack, me and Jackie. <laughs> so um, Jack was talking to me and a couple of others about uh, this really successful lady whom I didn't know. I-, I think it's really cool once you hear of someone who is like uber successful, but they're not famous at all. Uh-huh. That could be a really cool book, just because I think we think of like fame and success as being tied together. But there are so many people that are not famous at all that are living the life you want. You just don't know about them because they're not famous. Right. But they're anyway, he said that she's so powerful. She's so great at starting businesses that she starts a business. It succeeds. She starts another one. It succeeds. She started like seven multimillion dollar businesses or something. And so he asked her, he, Jack Canfield, the success principles author says, hey, tell me, what's the secret to your success? What do you do? She said, it's easy. It's super easy. She said, start it and then leave. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's pretty profound for me. Especially as I was gone for a week, it's like, I just got to leave more. Yeah. I just have to get out of the way more. And people will step up. Yeah. People will at least step up or, or sink, one or the other. It's either working <laughs> or it's not. And yeah. so that's what I mean. I'm going to get out of the way more often. Just completely like, don't even ask me that. I'm out. Like, And to help that and to help myself, just leave. Get out of the yeah. way completely. Like, I am not in this meeting. Hey, would you like to step in this meeting? Sometimes I step in the meeting because I'm like, well, I guess I'm being supportive. They asked me to be here. I'll be here. I'm thinking the opposite now. Like, nope, I am not going to be in this meeting because if I'm in this meeting, I'm going to share my opinion or you're going to ask me or you're going to defer to me subconsciously. I'm out. I am completely so. If you want to, if you want to succeed, if you want to build leaders, leave. That's it. So those are all my good now what's with all of it. Uh, pretty hey. profound, on Pretty big stuff. <laughs> it is pretty big stuff. Really big stuff. I'm really impressed by a few things you said. One is that, the last thing you just landed on. The second thing is, just to reiterate for the listeners, is 20,000 Days and Counting. I think you said that. Or if you Yeah, oh, is that the close. actual title? 20, yeah, 20,000 Days and Counting. Yeah, okay, that's cool. the title of the book. At least the one I found. And then two, for the younger listeners of ours, I am I'm, was kind of laughing at Jared because that is in that book, but there was also a TikTok going around that actually had the principles of like, if you've graduated college and this is the average lifespan of a parent and your parent is this age, you're going to see your parents 10 more times in your life or like something like that. It was that same kind of principle. Oh, wow. Like if you don't live close to home, I mean, so like, yeah, you know, yeah, but that makes goes, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas and, you know, a summer or something, you're going to see them like 10 more times. It, at, man, it got people because I saw that circulating for a while. So and I'm kind of laughing because I'm like, oh, I mean, that's really probably what's in this book. So if you were inspired by the TikTok... <laughs> And you want to read a whole book about it, it sounds like 20,000 Days and Counting might be a good seminal source to be looking at for that. I'm assuming I like, it is. I like that comparison. Books, the TikTok of the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared, you have shed so much um, wisdom and insight for us today. I want to land on this quote that he said, the more you grow, the more you have to give time to growth. The more you grow, the more you have to give time to growth. I think that's where we end today, folks. Thanks for joining us. Go out and be a good leader. <laughs>